Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast. You may say, the gayest show in the galaxy. That's right, I'm bringing that back. Variety's the spice of life with these intros. No intro is the same. And I'm joined, as ever, by my wonderful, beautiful, talented co-host, Elliot. And also, Damla's here, I guess. Hey, how's it going? I love how you're referring to yourself. In the third person, kind of. In the third person. Oh, yes. Beautiful, stunning, perfect. But that's just me. How are you? (laughs) And yeah, apart from that, me, uh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> she's uh, all joking aside. She's looking radiant. She's had her hair done. She looks amazing. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I have had my hair done. Um, yes, uh, and had last week as well. But I, uh, uh, <laughs> time, <laughs> time, timey wimey. No, time. I had my hair done. I uh, had it dyed properly for the first time into like this warm brown, reddish brown. And I've also had it cut, even though I was going to grow it out. But indecisiveness and all that. We used to be indecisive, but now she's not so sure. Christ. Hello. Anywho. Um, I assume you're doing about the same as you were about an hour ago. Yes, I'm doing all right. How yeah. are you, babe? Not too bad, thank you. I've gotten more to drink 
And I don't mean booze, but you know, there's probably enough sugar in there to keep me, you know, prop pepped up. Whoa, fuck, whoa, whoa, you know. whoa, yeah. Keep me a war. Keep me lathered up. <laughs> I love how you did the little smile. Just for you. This is a, this is going to be a catchphrase episode. It is. Uh, Boots still hasn't sponsored I did it. us. I did it. The little smile for me? No, for you. Um. <laughs> Barcelona, <laughs> Satsuma. <laughs> Dingle, domble, dangle. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. No, but actually, anyway, like, what, what are we anyway. doing now? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I need to take a step back now, and we need to present the man with the sack. We do. He's here. I can feel him. He's, like, breathing hot breath onto my neck. It's terrifying. Even though half the listeners don't understand the joke, but you go, Elliot, and cisgendered Elliot will come and I'll come onto the mic. Hello. Hi. Uh, everybody's going to have a big old glance at my sack. Let's have a look at what I've got. I don't think anyone understands that joke, but I love that we still do it. <laughs> no it's <one> wonderful. <laughs> no one understands. If one, if I, if I, if I, if I make one person laugh, then I'm perfectly happy. Um, anyway, I have. I have three emails, colloquially known as three emails. And you lucky, lucky people were going over some vaguely longer emails. So enjoy my mangling of words here. Word um, salad, if you will. Word salad. Hey, hey, hey. Now, there's a lot of context I'm going to have to read out for this just because there's so much of it that brings me pleasure. So the subject line is one of your future free mails. Brackets, feel free to read out. Well, aren't you lucky? And it goes as follows. My dearest Damla and Elliot, if you both done as you promised, then you will read these words out on the podcast. It has been some weeks since I first wrote. For you, for me, it has felt like over 60 years. Just kidding, but I hope you get the reference. <laughs> I love that so much. That's amazing. It, it only gets better from here. I am honestly happy with the slow path and don't care when you get to me. Currently, though, your cheery voice is reminiscing of a love and monsters are getting me through a very long and slightly stressful train journey to old London town. All right, Matt Smith from last night in Soho. How are we doing? <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Hello, uh. you slat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Gabby. film so much. I love that film so much. I love you both so much, but Elliot, could you please calm it down because your line about concrete slab Ursula going on a tandem bike ride of Elton actually broke me. I am on public transport. Sorry, <laughs> I cannot be contained. I can't be tamed. Back in your box, copper. Uh, I've only recently discovered you, and because I'm not like other girls, although that is spelt in a way that I won't even try and pronounce with my silly voice, but it's G-U-W-L-S. It's Gwals. It's very, yeah, Gwals. I can't do it. I don't have the tombra. Uh, I listened to your review of Series 3, the best series, first. I'm so glad you both love Martha Jones as much as I do. Her brilliance cannot be overstated. She's honestly just straight up did the most as a companion and has the best character arc. Agreed. Agreed. I've actually agreed with a lot of what you guys said, apart from your extremely hot take on human nature, family of blood. What the fuck? Um, and I have a feeling that will continue into the latest seasons. I stopped watching as a kid around about the series 7-ish mark, and I've been trying to get my best to get back through the rest. I've straight up had to skip some episodes. Moffat! Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> my own hot take is likely just lukewarm in its originality. But for me, I'm trepidatious about Tenant coming back. Feels a bit of a cowardly move in an effort to reclaim old audiences from the last time the show was really big. <gasps> It's going to work, definitely, because I'm watching those three episodes, but I kind of hate myself for it. Also, even for Shooty, uh, for a companion, we've got a young blonde girl, because of art. I mean, am I stretching here? 
Yes. I have nothing but good things to say about Tennant coming back. Soz! It's for three episodes. It's fine. It's not like he's the Doctor full-time. I understand the trepidations, but I, I, I think, you know... You're wrong. It's, it's a precedent. It's a precedent that's been set in the show in the past. People just have a weird hate on for David Tennant. Um, not saying that you are, but I'm just saying it's an observation. Anyway, you guys are fantastic in listening to you two talk about the show so much that you love. It's basically defined my interpersonality. Brings me so much joy. You make me laugh and cry and spout quotes alongside you and genuinely feel kind of scared. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> Uh, the other night at like two I was listening to you talk about the best Doctor Who ever got the impossible planet all it took was hearing those words he bathes in the black sun and I was a child again watching it hearing those mournful violins and afraid of the devil whispering just behind me Toby the raw emotion of it made me weep thank you for reading this email keep doing what you're doing I'll keep listening till the end of time and beyond us theatre kids have got to stick together blue heart smiley face Jed he him thank you thank you Jed adorable our next email goes as follows. Hey there, you two. Just wanted to email in to show my love for the pod. Found it a couple of weeks ago after looking for something new to focus on after re-listening to the same Buffy rewatch podcast over and over. Vibes. I love you guys. Vibes. You bring the same chaotic energy that those people do. Amazing. I don't know the pod, but, you know, Darren likes Buffy, so... Yeah, know, let me know let which know. one that is. No, please. I blasted through every episode and only a couple of weeks and have loved listening to you while doing my cross-stitching. While I love... While I have Buffy on my mind, you probably already know, but did you know that Russell was inspired by the Season 3 episode, the Zeppo for Love and Monsters? No, I didn't, but only because I don't know anything about Buffy, and I don't know what the Zeppo is. Sorry, guys. As much as I've said I'm a Buffy fan, I'm clearly not, because I've just I can, I, I've even looked it up and I can't remember this episode, so I apologise. Well, you said we probably already know. We didn't know, um, and we can't verify your claims. I said I'd find out more. I haven't done that, but I appreciate it. Um... You really make a safe space for the LGBTQ plus community, and for that I thank you. Well, you know, uh, might be our, might have been our intention, but also, you know, it's really just as easy as you know not hating trans people. But you know, yeah, in this country, that is a high bar to cross. Um, yeah, literally. So. Literally. <laughs> but glad you feel safe with us. I may not always agree with your takes. In fact, I stopped stitching during episode ratings to shout out like, what the fuck? Because I love some of your episodes you hate, but it doesn't stop me enjoying what you talk about. Thank you both so much for what you do, and I'm glad you take breaks when you need them. Full-time jobs and a podcast on top of that can't be easy and would cause me to burn out in two weeks. You can read this out if you like. You're welcome. Reese. P.S. What is the worst Mark Gatiss episode? Reese says, sleep no more. That was terrible. He's probably got worse, but I think in terms of squandered potential, it'd be Victory of the Daleks. But bitch, you like Idiot's Lantern. You don't even hate it. I know. But that's why I said Victory of the Daleks. I didn't say Idiot's Lantern, did I? <laughs> uh, for me, the answer is completely clear as day. It comes to me, not even in a vision. It's there in my brain. The answer is ready and waiting to be presented. It's the Crimson Horror, the worst episode of the show ever made. It's Crimson fucking Horror, awful. Sleep No More, Empress of Mars. It's just funny because Mark Gates is a very, very talented man and other things he's written outside of Doctor Who I actually quite like, except The Unfriend because we don't support that show because it promotes transphobes. Anyway, who said yeah. that? What? Um, but, yeah, like, you know, I've said this before, his uh, adaptation of The Amazing Mr. Blunden is very good. 
but yeah, no, some of his episodes of Doctor Who truly do just make me shiver in the worst way. And yeah, that's my least favourite. Yeah, like I said, I don't hate Lazarus Experiment. I don't hate um, Idiot's Lantern. Um, but yeah, I think squandered potential victory of the Daleks, definitely. And also as well, I feel like I should clear out, just especially because, you know, the emails from last week's show and these ones, whenever I... Whenever I throw in a little, a little, little comment about you being wrong, it's always meant in good humour. No one's ever kicked up a fuss about it, but I do want you to know I'm not being genuinely mean. Otherwise, I just wouldn't read you out because I wouldn't want to. We're having fun. I'm doing a light bit of ribbing. We're all, we're all friends here. And our final email goes as follows: Hi, Elliot and Damler. Well, you put my name first, but you spelled it wrong, so um, we're off to a bad start. <laughs> kidding, kidding. I'm kidding, kidding. My name is Joe, and I'm writing in just to tell you how much I love your podcast. Like the two of you, I'm a massive Doctor Who nerd. I was 10 when the show came back in 2005, and it has been my favourite show ever since. And it fundamentally changed my life. For the better. I remember being obsessed with the show and talking about it with all my friends in primary school, though moving into secondary school. It was mostly just me still talking about it, but it didn't stop me and my love for the show, nor does it now, to be honest. Though... I like some areas of the show more than others. I appreciate it all and will always watch it and discuss it with my friends, specifically my uni friends James and Izzy. I was James' best man for his wedding in November 2019 and managed to incorporate Doctor Who into his best man speech, which went down very well. Classic. That's adorable. The, f- oh. the fact the two of you met at uni and bonded over your love of the show just proves how amazing a show like Doctor Who can be. It is insane. It's mad. Like, I mean, we've said it before, haven't we? Like, We were obviously close in uni as well, especially during third year. But when we left uni is when we really, really became just like disgustingly inseparable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, because uh, I wasn't watching Doctor Who at uni, uh, and I actually hadn't seen it for a really long time. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a post-uni thing, kind of really reignited it. And the only other person really I had to talk to about it with was uh, Danla. Yeah. It's just annoying though, because can you imagine if we started this podcast at uni? Like we could have been recording together all the time. Ugh, don't. It makes me sad. It makes me sad. Don't know if I'd have had the energy to be honest. <laughs> actually, you, you say that it's actually true. Yeah, uni's <laughs> hard. Uni's really yeah. hard. I only discovered your podcast a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going through it as quickly as I can. I write this as I'm on the Idiot's Lantern episode. Any opportunity to discuss the show is a great one, so the fact I've found two passionate people who love the show as much as I do and discuss it for hours and end is fantastic and makes my long walks every day much more fun. I enjoy listening to your opinions on episodes and get a massive sense of joy when my opinion or thoughts on something is mentioned. To this day, I still skip the part in Rise of Cybermen when Jackie um, gives Rose a dressing down. I thought I was the only one. No, I can't watch it. It's a hard scene to watch. It's really sad. It's really hard. It's really hard to get through every time. Thank you for the podcast. Just listening to two people chat about a show I love is enough to make my day. And to paraphrase the 11th Doctor, the podcast definitely adds to my pile of good things. Oh, oh my God. That's really nice. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're ever in the same geographic area as me, I would be so down to meet in person and talk shop about all things who with you. All the best, Joe. Well, you know, it's still an ambition of ours one day, hopefully at a con or something, isn't it, to do some kind of gathering of the yeah. Cap fam. Just yeah. to, you know, talk who with people. Uh, yeah. So that'd be nice. So keep an eye out, Joe. Maybe one day we'll be there. Well, I'll leave now. Bye. Hey, Elliot, my God, you're back. I know. What was all that about a fan meetup? I don't go to cons. I'm too important. 
Honestly, though, do you think anyone gets this joke? Because I don't think anyone gets this joke. I don't think anyone does. My entire life is one long joke that everybody else seems to be on other than me. So it's nice to do it the other way around for once. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Oh, dear. I'm trying to deal with this. I'm trying to deal with the terrifying spider that keeps crawling in and out of a of a painting that's like sat above my head. It like pokes out under the picture frame and then looks at me and then it occasionally just curls back up. Kind of like me when I watch this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> funny, funny thing to say. <laughs> Humor. Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> no wow, this is oh, the longest dear. laugh I've ever heard. <laughs> oh god. What a what a what a what a line. <laughs> oh boy, oh, oh. you're such a dickhead. <laughs> oh dear. No, stop, no, stop, stop, stop. No, seriously. Oh, my God. No, wait, stop. <laughs> I'm just laughing for real now. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not. I've got hiccups, but... Oh, God. Right. I'm sure you could tell by the many laughs we had up top there today when we're talking about episode five of series four of Reboot Doctor Who. It was broadcast on the 3rd of May 2008. It was directed by Douglas McKinnon. It was written again by Helen Rayner, and it is called The Poison Sky. I just want to clarify now. I actually have hiccups from that joke, <laughs> <laughs> Elliot mate. Oh, sorry. There it goes again. So I'm a bit fucked for the next ten minutes. I, I've achieved my ultimate goal. I've broken her physically. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm actually struggling. Okay. Oh, there we go again. Um. Oh yeah. No, ask the question. Sorry. Sorry. What do you think the episode's about? <laughs> No, give us a bit of an intro. Come on, give, add some spice. Okay, fine. Blimey. Um, well, as you know, uh, I uh, you know never actually um, graduated properly from um, from uni uh, because we spent three years doing that course, three laborious, tedious years with tedious bastards, um, and got to the end of it. Made a, 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 a film that no one's watched um, and have never used my degree. But there was one time where I thought I got to, you know, I'd gone up on stage in the robes and the hat and everything. Um, you know, I looked nice. I thought, I, you know, it looked pretty all right. Um, you know, I mean, I put a bit of put a bit of weight on it. You know, I had chubbed up. But, you know, I looked okay, I thought. Um, and, you know, I got my little my little scroll that they hand to you and, uh, you know, shook people's hands and then, you know, got down. And I didn't use my degree. And I said, I'd never used my degree. And there was one opportunity where someone said to me, you know, ah, you made the movies. Well, just show me your degree and you 
can make of the movies. And I thought, oh, brilliant, it's fantastic. It's everything my life's built up. It's perfect. It's exactly what I want. Uh, and I unfurled the the ancient scroll, which you know I've not looked at. Cause why would I? You know, it's just a piece of paper. I threw it in a drawer. Don't actually know where it is really anymore. But I did at that point. Um, so I unrolled it, uh, and uh, instead of saying, you know, Elliot, you know, two one bachelor's degree, film, moving image production, whatever, um, it just said, Elliot. You know what the poison sky's about. You know what Google thinks it's about. You know what IMDb thinks about. Then there's a little arrow saying PTA, PTO even. That's Paul Thomas Hanson. PTO flips over the page and it just said, "What damn if I get back?" Oh, what? What can I? Oh, oh God! Sorry, I just fell asleep because I was so bored. Um... <laughs> no, I love that. Also, I... <laughs> <laughs> humor. <laughs> oh, no i thought you were gonna um just stop when you said yeah i went to uni through laborious years with a bunch of bastards silence if anybody, if anybody from say. uni is listening to this which i know you're not but if you are i love you also half of you are bastards but we move Al- on. unless you're one of the ones i didn't like in which case fuck <laughs> fuck man <laughs> anyway <laughs> tell me what do you think about I'm in a silly mood now. I'm in a silly mood. Okay, no. In a silly, goofy mood. I'm in a silly, goofy, hot girl mood. Anyway, the episode is about the fact that we need to stop trusting the bloody rich. Stop it. Enough. Stop giving them funding. Stop giving them a house where they have a school but they have their own society where they can make weird things and then help bring about the end of the universe. Stop it. Enough. Stop trusting the rich. Well, I think this episode's about. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, blah, blah, blah. what do you think this episode's about? Mum, can we have X-Men tonight? No, we've got X-Men at home. The X-Men at home. Fill in the gaps yourself. Um, it's it's the Rattigan Academy. A regular Charles Xavier. It's it's truly baffling how that, that is actually a genuinely really good comparison because I didn't think about that. You're welcome, everybody. Same time next week. This episode is a thing that exists. Uh, sorry, you thought last week's negativity wasn't going to come here. Well, sorry. Um, oh, bloody look at him. He's turned up on horseback. Negativity. He's here. <laughs> I just can't. I really can't. I I just find it. I'm confused. I just. No, I'm not confused. It's fine. It's fine. It's just like. Ugh. It's just. Ugh. The one good thing in my life, Ross, and you you kill him. It's not fair. The episode starts strong with a false promise of emergency news broadcasts with Kirsty Walk and also. That one American newscaster. Yeah. And it never recovers from the highs of seeing her slaying on screen. But yeah, Ross Ross is dead and it's really rude. It's really rude because Ross is Ross is dead. The other friends, Shawnee, Chandler, Raquel, Phobe, they're not taking it well. Do you actually just not know the ne- the, the, the 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 names of the friends? Or are you just is it a funny? Are you pulling a funny right now? I'm not doing. I'm doing. I'm doing a silly. I'm in a silly okay, goofy good. mood. Okay, good. I'm just checking know, on my cold. I know. On. No, no, I know. They're called Snowy, Joey, Mick, and Rick. 
Amy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know all of the names of the friends. I know what the friends' names are, but do you know? Anyway. Um... I have to know what the names of the friends are because I don't have any. <laughs> Humor. Humor, funny. Anyway, I just thought that was, you know, a good a good little play on the name Ross there, but you know, it's fine, whatever. It'll end up on the uh, cutting room floor. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Ross is dead and I'm sad, basically. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah, me too. I didn't I forgot he died. I was quite upset. Yeah, and Ten is visibly really, really pissed off about it. Yeah. Oh, Ten goes full romantic about it. Yeah. Yeah, he dies in a terrible effect shot as well. Those I don't yeah. know why. What what happens with those lasers like fast forwarding down the corridor? What's that? What, it was giving. What's, what's that about? It was giving Mr. Jefferson's gunshots. That's what it was giving. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Well done. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, you're welcome. I want to also say the minute Ross is has been killed, and then Ten is like, you know, he 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 wasn't his name wasn't Soldier. His name was Ross. And like I told you already... His name wasn't Greyhound 40. Or whatever, whatever. And it's when he goes... And then he goes and says a thing that he continues to say in the show and has also said in previously, I believe. But he always does a thing where he goes, get them out of there! And I love that. Mm. I love when he says that. There's that. Well, there's one There's one episode where it started where we noticed it and now I can't stop seeing it. Um Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, is it? I think, is it, is it Bullets Can't Stop It? Is that one of his things? That he yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Something like yeah. that. I don't know. David Hunt's running around going, Gah! Yes. It's properly, nicely, please, just regenerate. Anyway, yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, could I have my Luke Rattigan chat now? You can have your Luke Rattigan fan cam. I'll, you know. No, no, never I'll, fan cam. No, no. I'll trim my nails. No, no. You know. Like I said last week, the actor who plays him is incredible. And something that I found really interesting about Luke as a character is that you want to punch him in the face so bad. But at the same time, there is a tiny, and I mean minuscule, I mean a dot in existence, like that's how small it is. But there's like this tiny bit of you that feels kind of bad for him because he seeks approval so badly. Like He even finds, like when um, General Style kind of like um, compliments him, you can see that he kind of really attaches himself to that and i just feel bad but yeah but it doesn't mean i like him because i don't i find him endlessly irritating <laughs> but at the same time he's great it really works yeah. in this yeah he's he, a bit more uh, he's got a bit more to do in this one he sort of does the crazy cult leader better you know whereas in the first one he's just a bit like oh i'm smart i'm so smart guys you don't know how hard it is to be this smart and then in, in in this one, at least, he's like, I'm smart, but also cult. So, you know, fair play. There's just a lot. I feel a lot towards him. Mostly annoyance, but it's good. It's not the kind of annoyance where it's like with Adam, where it's like, sorry, I brought him up again. Should have put a little trigger warning there. But no, like with Adam, it's like, oh, why are you here? You're just bringing down the episode. It's really annoying. But with Luke, it's like, no, he should be in this episode, but he's just an annoying Yeah, person. Luke's purpose is sense? to be annoying, and I might find him annoying, but that is also the character working like he should be working. Still not overly fond of him, but like he's not the worst part of this. Yeah, a lot of this episode 
it's just a lot of waiting around for the things to happen. So obviously Wilf gets saved because Sylvia uses an axe to smash the window, which is iconic. And I love that. And then, but then, yeah, then you just get the, the gas choking everybody for like 500 years. And it's like, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of nebulous, you know, oh, if the gas reaches 80% density, but it's at 60% density at the moment, it's a bit like, uh, okay. Exactly. <laughs> And then, yeah, the only bit that made me, you know, pay attention was when the doctor says, are you my mummy? When he's got the gas mask on. <laughs> Hilarious. I'm a big fan of a, uh, like an invasion fleet. Like, I would just love, you know, you know, in Army of Ghosts and Doomsday when the Cybermen are just, you know, breaking into people's houses and got all of the, you know, they're not ghosts, they're metal men. Um, and David delivers that amazing, you know, um... Oh, they're going to fight back. You know, you're you're in their you're you're on their streets. You're in their homes. You've got their children. Um, that, but with like little Sontarans would be great. I think you could make them genuinely scary if they're like kicking in people's front doors and just. But then I guess because they're warriors, I suppose they'd have to like be killing the people of Earth, and you can't really do that. But like, give me a bit of confrontation. You know the scene where the Cybermen are crossing the bridge and they're shooting all the army soldiers. Give me that, but with Sontarans rather than just this nebulous. Everybody's going. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing though it's like you make a point because literally there's a sh- there's there's a moment in this episode where they're all standing together and they all just get killed like that like the army just go dush, 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 down they're yeah. down like because i think the scale of the fleet in in the factory for the budget and size of the show is quite impressive like there does look like quite a lot of them but I don't know. Just when the fighting breaks out, I'm just a bit like... It's like, okay, I'm bored. I'm actually so bored. But it, it's because there's no one on the front line fighting that I care about. Yeah, except Ross, who dies. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, it's not like when you get the Daleks invading Satellite 5 and you've got all these little bit characters that you've really grown attached to. You know, you've got you've got Elaine the Pain and her like love interest <laughs> and you've got yeah. even the floor manager and the android and... Linda with an eye. Yeah. Like, it feels... I don't know, you just feel more invested in the action, whereas in this is just... And I know, you know, it's not a finale, but that's what you want to do. You want to set up interesting side characters in part one. Yeah. To utilise those side characters in part two so they can die fighting. And you feel some kind of emotional pull. Like I say, other than Ross, really, none of it really... You know, there's no one fighting that I care about. The general man is just sort of there. He is just a general man. Um, And... You know, I need some characters to get attached to. And that's why when they kiss at the end of this episode, it's like like him and the other person. It's like, I don't care. Yeah, like it's a funny little moment that makes me go like, ha ha, you know, like they're so so happy about winning that she's just going to like randomly kiss like a superior officer. Um, yeah. But like, it could be a moment and it's not. Um, I think, look, I love Martha. Would die to have more Martha in Doctor Who. But I think it... It buckles under its own weight of having Martha there because it then can't. It, it, which is weird because it's already struggling for things for Martha to do. That's why she's just clutching yeah. for most of it. But like, yeah. if you don't have Martha, you have to have interesting side. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Characters, but instead they're just like, well, we've got Donna and we got Martha and the Doctor and we don't really know how to juggle them. So they're all going to be sort of doing separate, not really important things. Um, yeah. It just all feels a bit weird and a bit disconnected. Like, give me an interesting side character to care about. Give me a Linda with an eye. Exactly. Give me Elaine the Pain. Give me someone to care about. Like, maybe getting rid of all the workers, like having the workers be drone workers was a bit like, a bit of a misstep. Maybe, you know, have the workers be like the satellite five guys. They're the ones who have to put up the defense. But then you've got unit there, so you have an army. I don't know. It's just all a bit too grey porridge. It's, you know, give me some peanut butter. Give me some jam. Give me a bit of honey. Hell, even a sprinkling of chia seed. It It's literally bland porridge that needs a topping. That's what it is. And there's nothing wrong with bland porridge. As a porridge obsessive, and it, as it's my favourite breakfast food, I'll eat it like that. Do you know what I mean? As long as the consistency is fine. But without some toppings, I'm not going to really be that emotional. Do you, I, I'm, I'm, ruining the, I'm ruining the metaphor, but do you know what I mean? Bread. You put you 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 put take some nice bread, pop it pop it in the toaster, it gets toasted, you take it out. Sure, you could just eat hot, crunchy bread. But you need some butter. And butter is fine. You need butter. But you want jam. You want marmite. You want marmalade. You want chocolate spread. You want something. Yeah. That's exactly Bananas, what this is. Avocado, scrambled egg. Satsuma. Uh, <laughs> The Medusa Cascade. Do you know what I mean? Like, it needs... it. It's bland with no spice. Add a little bit of spice. That's what this needs. Yeah. Because you just get a whole load of things happening. Actually, you don't. I just told a lie. Backtrack. But yeah, it, no, a, lo- a whole load of stuff doesn't happen. It's actually the opposite. Nothing really happens except, like, three things. But the three things that happen just don't fill me with enthusiasm or emotion because I'm just like, okay, cool. What they should have done was made the Sontarans more menacing. That's my main issue. It was my issue with last week's episode. It's my issue with this episode. They don't feel like a threatening presence. Do you know what I mean? Like Literally, I was watching this with my boyfriend and he was like laughing because he was like, they suck. And I'm like, no, they kind of do. And it's like, especially when like, I can't remember if it was last week or this week, but it's like, because they talk in random sentences, don't they? Which I love about them. That's something I love about them. 
But it's like I'm mainly laughing at them this whole time. Like my favorite bit is when uh, Commander Stall is like, "You insult me, sir." Like it, it was so funny the way he said it. I don't know why it made me giggle. Um, how dare! Don't touch me! Don't <laughs> touch me! I love it again. I'm not complaining about it because it's funny. But it's like all you're giving me is funny. This is how I'm interpreting it. Again, it's my opinion. But yeah, I think that's where a lot of the issue comes from. Yeah, when when the doctor doesn't treat them like a threat, you know, he just sees them. He's just like, oh, he's not Darth for years, rather than being like, oh, these guys are scary. You just kind of lose. Why, if the doctor's not afraid, why should you be afraid? Precisely that. Like at the end of the episode, when the doctor is about to sacrifice himself to save the the world. The only reason why we feel any kind of like, you know, is because obviously the Doctor could die and we don't want that to happen. But it's like up till that point, I don't feel the stakes. I feel the stakes in that moment, but everything else I'm like, yeah, okay, everyone's choking on gas, but it just doesn't, I don't know. I'm not explaining myself very well, but it just no, I don't so feel the tension. But say so they're an invasion fleet and they are not doing it, they're not invading and they're just kind of, they are the subplot to make the thing with the cars happen. And it's just kind of less yeah. interesting. Like, give me, I mean, at the end of the series, we're going to have a full-on Dalek invasion story. And it is incredible. Contrast the way that, you know, people like Jack talk about the Daleks invading with how people treat the Sontarans in this. And it's just, it's night and day. I just think going comedic with them was just the wrong way to go. You know? Yeah. And again, absolutely. And, I, and the thing is, I feel like it is almost a really good episode to compare with Bad Wolf Party of the Ways. I know it's not a finale, but you think, like, the Daleks aren't in that first episode. It is about discovering the mysteries on board Satellite 5, why people are being transmatted, what's happening, and it's one of the most engaging episodes of TV. And you could do that, but we don't do that. It's just weird. It's just weird. I don't know. And, like, the, the the Martha clone, something I want to go back to is like you said, the Martha clone, it just feels Martha's clone is just getting a little bit tired. It's getting a bit tired. I like that we resolve it quicker. Like it's kind of halfway through. I wish it was resolved a bit earlier personally, because it was just a bit like, okay. I have a question though. What do what do clones smell like? Uh I bet it's really chemically. See, I, I'm thinking like cheese. Cheesy. <laughs> like oh yeah, like Ugh. gone off milk. Yeah, yeah, sour. It's like, oh. Vile sour milk. Mmm. <laughs> oh. You know when someone's not showered and like all their... No, let's not go there. Anyway, whatever. That was just me being curious. Um, curious? <laughs> I just want to know because he's like, oh, quite... You know, I knew... Uh, Martha, I knew, you know, I knew that you were a clone because quite frankly, you stink. Yeah, so maybe Martha's just been running around the battlefield trying to, you know, maybe she's not had time to have a shower. Maybe. So it must be quite a stink. We'll say, though, continuing with the Martha clone thing, Martha having a hot girl chat with her own clone is iconic as fuck. Oh, yeah. It's like, maybe or may not be the best part of this episode. Like, the chat they have is stupid. It's ridiculous. It's like, oh my god, you're. what are we talking about here? Like, stop. It's, it's like fake deep. Do you know what I mean? But the fact that she's doing it with her own clone, 
It's hilarious. Well, speaking of clones, can I make an astute observation? Because I'm struggling. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm spinning plates here, mate, I'll be honest. Um... <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. Oh, no! <laughs> um, I like that one random Sontaran that kills the sort of unit soldier docile clones. You know, when they stand there and they're like, oh, reporting for duty, sir. And then he kind of walks past them and just turns around and just like, up, pop. Um, It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. I don't have anything deep to say about it. It just makes me laugh. This is war. It's sport. I, I just, I just struggle with this. I'm sorry. Again, it's not even terrible. It's not good, but it's not like the worst thing ever. It's just like, oh, well, what look, do we talk about? Donna gets her own key. Right, yeah. That's nice. And it's such it's such That's cool. That's good. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. It's it's a it's a nice little understated moment, you know? Because yeah. there's no there's no big speech or big moment where he's like, you know, oh you get the key. He's just sort of like, Oh, you need this. I haven't given you one yet. Here you are, have this. But but then that's why I like the Donna's like, you know, we can save the ceremony for later, like I'm choking right now. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? Keep it moving and grooving, Doctor. It does weirdly it feels a lot like the resolution to this, uh, you know, her having to stealth through the Sontaran ship. Reminds me a lot of Stolen Earth Journey's End. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's what she she's stuck in the TARDIS, right? That's why she, that's how she saves the day. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of foreshadowing in this episode to that two-parter. I feel like. And as well, you know what? The bit where he's trying to, the bit where he's talking to the Sontarans, they're doing the diplomacy chat. Yeah. Um, and he's like subtly communicating to Donna about how there's a phone inside the TARDIS. Um, yeah. Is, is a good bit, but it does remind me of the Far Superior, you know, my favourite bit from Age of Steel with the, you know, oh, all these buttons, you know, hash, key, and my favourite one, send. Send! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very that. Yeah. Very that, but not as good. Because Jake's not there. Exactly, agreed. <laughs> but another bit of foreshadowing, though, the bit that really sent me was when um, Donna comes back to Earth from the Centauran ship and she sees that there's another Martha just lying dead on the floor and she's like, there's, there's two of you. And then Doctor's like, yeah, long story, can't really explain it. it it's giving, there are, there are two of you, two Doctors. I can't tell you what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> oh yes, I thought you were going to say you enjoyed seeing um, Rose on the uh, on the little monitor when when that like diplomacy chat starts. Just as Donna goes to the uh, to the TV, it's literally you get like a split second of Rose doing the you know. But yeah, let's talk about it because I love when Rose appears throughout series four. I find it so fun, like her just randomly appearing on screens, going. Doctor, it's great. It's like what? It, what? It, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, Rose? What are you doing, Rose? It's like that TikTok audio. That's like, um, James. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, do do you not love it? I do. I do. I always how how is she in the TV? What's happening? Look at her awful hair. I just I love I love all of the emotions that it conjures up when I see a surprise Rose Tyler, and I forget which episode she's in. Because it's been a hot moment since I've actually seen them. So it was a nice little surprise when I saw it. The only other one I can remember is Midnight. That's the only one I can ever remember that she's actually in. Um, it is No, it is It is Midnight. Like, specifically behind the 10th Doctor, it's great. 
But yeah, it's it's really fun. All of the Rose cameos throughout Series 4 just send me to the tra- the stratosphere. It's so fun. Yeah. So it was nice. It was a good little, good little moment. Um, it is a really good little moment. I also enjoy after the, when the TARDIS gets transported away. The reason the Doctor knows it's been taken is because he can taste the metallic tang in the air. Tang. Tang. Good word. That was, that was quite... Taste, he can taste the metallic tang in the air is quite a good lilts off the tongue. But yeah, I like that, you know, more more points for our sensory boy. Mm-hmm, yeah. He can taste, he can taste the air. Can... The, the sensory chart, another little tick on there. I will say, I feel like the main last thing to discuss, sorry, there's just not a lot going on, um, <laughs> is, so again, like I mentioned earlier, at the, the, the finale of this episode, the bit where Ten is saying goodbye to Martha and Donna, and Luke, and you're like, "What's going on?" And like Donna's like, "You're saying goodbye. Why?" And he's like, "You know, I need to, you know, I need to. I'm gonna go and destroy them in a way, like, you know." And then Martha's like, oh, "You know, send it up on its own." And he's like, "I need to give them a chance," which is great. But then it's like he goes up there, whatever, and you know, you know that obviously the Doctor's not gonna die mid-series. That's mad. If they did that, props. If they ever did that, also I never want my favourite fictional character in the whole world to die. That would be awful. But do you know what I mean? Like mad props, but anyway. Um and you think, how the hell is he gonna get out of this? But it's it's so it's this bit of the episode I really love is when he says to Donna, you know, Donna, you are brilliant. Martha, the times we've had, you're brilliant. And Luke, do something clever with your life. Which is a great thing to say. Because he could have just gone and Luke, you dick. I don't know what to say to you, bye. Do you know what I mean? But he said do something clever with your life. And then you get that wonderful bit where Luke jumps up onto the transmat, grabs the control, and Donna, Donna or Martha, I can't remember, says, what are you doing? Something clever. Swaps places with 10. Sonta. Ha! Boom! Yeah. It very, yeah. yeah. Very, that, that very clearly sets the seed in his mind. It's a good little It's moment. so good. And it's just the way... that I, it's just such a, it's, It was such a good idea to do that. I think that was perfect because let's be honest, Luke is very irredeemable. Like, you know, he was planning on making another world with just clever humans and they breed and reproduce. He even had like the mating plan set. Yeah, so he could breed with the hot girls. So strange, so strange. He's really weird. So I think this was a really good way for him to just be useful. Sorry, is that a bad thing to say? No, it's right. You're right, though. He gets to he gets a resolution, right? Like his arc feels fulfilled because he he is angry with the Sontarans. He fulfills the usefulness of a side character, but yeah, we don't have to be like you know. Oh no, you're all right, really, Luke. We like you. You can just just kill him, but his sacrifice is worth something. Exactly, and I think that was really well done. So you then kind of left to the viewer then to either go. Oh, he was all right in the end, or to go, I still think he's a bit of a bellend. Yeah, no, he is a bellend. I just, yeah, exactly. I think he's a bellend, but I think, because he, it's like, okay, so slightly rewinding, it's like when he comes back after finding out the Sontarans were like, oh, we were just using you. You're not, you, we don't, you mean nothing to us, and your, your school meant nothing to us. Um, And then he transports himself back, and he's like lying on the floor on the transmat, and he's just kind of like, crying because he's so embarrassed with himself great bit of acting yet again from him um but yeah it's very much that it's like you know you do f- you see these moments and like i said you feel the tiniest bit of sympathy 
But yeah, I just think his whole round out at the end was really, really good. But then you get even better towards the end, right at the end, when Don is saying bye to Wilf again. And this mm. breaks me. It truly fucking destroys me because the acting is so good from Catherine and Bernard. And it's the way Donna's trying to hold it together. She gives him, she stands up and hugs him. And it's the most, it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. And she's just like, love you. And then walks away and she's just sobbing. Fuck. It's so emotional. And again, with all this new context we have with Bernard, it makes it even more emotional. But even before that, my God. I do think as well, I think that, you know, my my final word on it will be, I, I, I do actually, I like the the resolution, the like burning the, basically burning off the excess gas, like is actually quite a, Oh yeah, that's good. It's quite a smart resolution actually, I like it. Really um, cool visual as well. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look bad either. Um, I think it also just reminded me of, um, it's fun because earlier we were talking about, um, we were talking about Barbie off mic. Um, but, you know, the two biggest hits of the summer, Barbie and Oppenheimer, and it just reminds me of this, there's that chat in Oppenheimer about, you know, if you if you split the atom and cause a chain reaction, you just might not be able to ever get it to stop, but it might ignite yeah. the the entire atmosphere. And it's just, that was the visual that was in my mind for when that was happening. So I was like, oh, nice. I like that. Love that. Um, yeah. So, you know, was it a great moment? don't know but it kept me entertained Looks for a cool. moment yeah yeah and i was able Absolutely. to sound clever by pulling a parallel to something so good job everybody and then we get martha at the end saying goodbye also we thought because the tardis mysteriously the door shuts and they're being taken somewhere else <gasps> i love that martha is coming along for one more well not well she's obviously in other episodes of the series but for like another adventure Oh yeah, with Donna and Ten, it's wonderful. I love their little dynamic, so I'm glad that that choice was made because we get more Martha, which is always a good thing. So we are at the wrap up where we talk about our standout moment, what didn't work, our most doctory moment, and our favourite quote, Elliot. Going to take it to you, as always. What is your standout moment from The Poison Sky? Why did I sound like a presenter then? What is your standout moment? Because I mean, because you you are, babe. You should be trying to put some effort in. <laughs> I'm sorry, I struggle with this episode. Why, why, why did I sound all slick and like a broadcaster then? I don't know. Uh, but try more. No, <laughs> kidding. Um, oh. Anyway, we talked about it already, so uh, I won't go off too long. But it is—it is Martha chatting to her clone. Fun hot girl moment, like because you know we love a hot girl chat. I just straight away since it happened, I was like, "They're doing a hot girl chat, and it's with her own clone." Love it, camp, outrageous. I want to say fierce, enjoyed. Fierce. <laughs> um, my standout moment is Donna opening the link to Earth. So all of that bit where she's mm. in Tardis. Ten speaking to her on the phone and she gets the Sontaran back of the neck and all of that, just like her doing it on her own and Ten hyping her up being like, oh, you're brilliant, you are, you're brilliant. And Sontaran, Sontaran, whatever. That, it's, that whole bit that, was so that, good. B- 
that bit, you know, and it's not something I like to go into too much because, you know, he is objectively a handsome man, but, you know, we try not to objectify people loads on this, but when she says back of the neck and then he sort of takes the phone away from his ear and holds it to his mouth and he just sort of goes like, oh, you're brilliant, you are. Ruin me. Please, ruin my life. Ruin me. Please and thank you. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a... Uh... Like, you know, we try not to get too thirsty about David Tennant on this, but, you know, like, just every now and then. You got to. Like, I'm allowed, like, one a series. This is my other one. I can't remember if there was any in series three. I remember series two talking about him licking jam off his fingers. So, you know, we're allowed to we're allowed to have fun here. Uh. I think I'm going to reserve mine for when 10-2 comes into the picture. Save it. <laughs> I really can't tell you what I'm thinking right now. Um... <laughs> so, what didn't work for you in this episode? I mean, again, just fucking... I just... Like, his sacrifice in the end was nice, but just fucking everything involving Rattigan, and I'm just like, I just, the, it just, uh, there's no reason for me to care. <laughs> and like, when the episode has at least got some action going on, at least I'm able to go like, oh, look, men shooting guns. Oh, good. That's fun. That that keeps me more distracted than like a little whiny man with a gun going, oh. Yeah. That being said, though, if I can pick a another random off the cuff choice, tens, there's too much gun chat in this. There is. It's too, it is a bit much. It it's is, like, all right, we get it. Sometimes, it, yeah, it's just a little like by the time the twentieth person's held a gun in front of him, and he's like, you know, Ugh. it's like, okay, we know you don't like guns. And like, don't well. salute. I told you not to salute, and it's like, okay, shut up. They're just gonna do it anyway. Flanderization of the tenth doctor in this episode. What is a moment that didn't work for you? Uh, I'm gonna copy you because it's what I've got written down. Uh, it's the same as last week. Uh, the Sontarans just aren't a real threat for me personally they just don't feel scary or intimidating they don't have to be scary sorry i don't mean that but like they you know they just they, they don't intimidate me they, it doesn't feel like there's high enough stakes even though there is in a way but they just don't it doesn't feel like it and that, that's my fair honestly fair fierce is that your new favorite word oh why not let's we'll start using a new one so what's your most doctory moment in this episode Probably the fact that you find out throughout the whole episode he's been manipulating the clone of Martha to like not launch the nuclear weapons, and he's known all along because she stinks and is a rubbish clone. Um, that feels very, especially Tenth Doctor coded. Yeah, like, but you know what I mean. Every every five minutes, like, what do you think, Martha? And she's like, well, how should I know? Yeah, and you can tell, right? Like, you know, you can tell as a viewer that he knows that something is up. Um, so yeah, no, I like that. I like that a lot. What's your most doctoring moment? Mine is the doctor wanting to give the Sontarans a choice. Of course it is. Yeah, that's good. That's better than mine. Very doctory. Very doctory. Very quintessential doctor energy. Hmm. Anyway, last one then. What is your favourite quote from The Poison Sky? Um, I actually do have a couple, to be fair. There, was, there are some good lines. I have one, unfortunately. Okay. Go, give me your one. So, so, so mine is now you go with him, that wonderful doctor. Go and see the stars, and then bring a bit of them back for your old gramps. What do you mean? Oh, what do you mean? So good. Nice. I like that. That's it's just offensive. It's so offensive. I can't even fathom how offensive that line, that that <laughs> bit of dialogue is. Fair. Uh, mine are all silly ones because they're always all silly ones. Go on and darling. Go on, darling. I enjoy, I enjoy, my God, they're like trolls. That lovely bit of diplomacy, thanks. Um, we already mentioned it, because I would have a serious one, which is his name wasn't Greyhound 40, it was Ross, but, you know, we have already mentioned that. 
Um, uh, I love uh, it's on Tara shape. You need three fingers. You've got three fingers. Oh yeah. Um, and actually, I thought it was, it was really it was really nice. Um, actually, when Donna's like, I can't do that. I can't even mend a fuse, and she goes, Donna, stop talking about yourself like that. And it's like, oh, everyone needs that friend that's going to give them that kick up the ass. You know what? You say that, and it's just reminded me. I love how much everyone is hyping up Donna in this episode. Like, Ten is just telling her, like, yeah, don't talk about yourself like that. No, you're brilliant, whatever. And then Wilf at the start, when he's like, go on, girl, you go with that doctor. Go on. Like, you know, I love it. Yeah. Everyone should love That's what she deserves. And Martha, yeah. So, Elliot, now we're done with our little wrap-up moment. We've got to rate this episode out of five. And last week's episode. So let's start with last week. The Sontaran Stratagem. What are you giving it out of five? Well, I feel like I was maybe a bit lighter on it than you were, um, you know, because I, I enjoy it uh, like enough. I think it's fine. So for that, I, I've given it a two and a half, just like me- mediocre half marks. Snap. Me too. Me too. Oh, nice. You know, it's not abhorrent. It's not awful. It's there. It's not completely offensive. So two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I thought you were going to be harsher on it than me, so fair enough. We love it when we match. But Poison Sky, the Poison Sky, out of five, my love, what are you giving it? Honestly, I feel exactly the same as I did about last week's, which is there is nothing grossly offensive in it. There is also nothing that I love in it. It is a half-mark episode. It's a 2.5. Unfortunately for me, I've given it a 2. That's fair. I just don't think it's any worse than Sontaran Stratagem. I just think... Do you know I also don't is? think it's any better. Rewatching it now, I just found part one more entertaining than part two. Like, I don't know why, but that's how I feel. That is how I feel. So it's a two for me. Sorry. So overall markings then. So for the two-parter, what are you giving it out of five? It'd be weird if I gave it anything other than a 2.5. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seeing as that's my average. Mine, like I would say, f- for me, I would say the same. I'd say a 2.5. I think giving it a 2 would be harsh. So 2.5, definitely. Nice. I actually want to make one quick mo- note before we go into your wonderful, beautiful wrap-up that you've perfected. Um, because I could go back and edit this in, but I'd- I'm not going to. I want to mention it here now. Um, the shot of Martha, Donna and Ten hugging is tattooed onto my brain because Donna gives him a slap on the arm and then she holds his arm, and Martha, Donna, and Ten are just having a little moment together. And I really loved that. Cute. It's adorable, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. We hope you had fun. We sure did. If you like what you heard and want to support the show, you can do so over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Come Along Pond podcast. Over there, we have multiple tiers. You can get written shout outs, you can get name shout outs, you can get ad free listening. So. We love all the people who support us over there. Helps us keep the lights on. Help us make this an eventual proper thing that we do rather than just a hobby. We love all of our wonderful patrons over there, but we especially love Dr. Pompadou and Jason because they are on the right tiers. I'm kidding. There's no right or wrong tiers. Patreon.com forward slash coming on podcast. However, times are hard. Friends are few. Everyone's strapped for a bit of cash. Blimey, I know we are. Jesus Christ. Um... If you don't want to give us some monthly reoccurring billing, you can head to ko-fi.com forward slash come along pond podcast. That's ko-fi.com forward slash come along pond podcast. Over there, you can give us a one-off donation. 
a prize of a cup of coffee, one for me, one for Damla, one for both of us, if you are feeling generous, ko-fi.com forward slash come along pond podcast. We really appreciate it. However, just by listening to the episode, you're already giving us enough support and we really appreciate it. You can also show your support by rating us on Spotify, on iTunes, and by emailing in like Joe, like Reese, like Jed, you can get a shout out. If you send us an email, we'll endeavour to read it out on the show. That's comealongpondpod at gmail.com. However, other ways you can support us. We're on social media, tiktok.com forward slash comealongpodpodcast. You can't miss it. It's got the same artwork everywhere. We passed our highlights, our lowlights, hot girl chats, fun little momos. That's probably how you found this podcast. You can go argue with some weirdos in the comments. Do whatever you want over on tiktok.com forward slash comealongpodpodcast. However, your one-stop shop. All three and a half thousand of you crazy, crazy people. Maybe more by the time this goes out. Who knows? Instagram.com forward slash come along pond podcast. You can't miss the same artwork everywhere. I'm talking stories. I'm talking reels. I'm talking posts. I'm talking polls. I'm talking lives. I'm talking DMs. I'm talking updates about when I'm sick. Updates about when Damla sick. Updates about when both of us are sick. Updates about when episodes aren't coming out. Maybe updates about guests. Who knows? But we are trucking forward to 4,000 people, that's what we want over there. So if you don't know that we've got on Instagram, even though I'm sure it's probably drummed into your head by now, bloody follow it, mate. With all that being said, Damla, it's been lovely being joined by you this evening. And the same for you, my lovely. Honestly, I'm so sorry if this episode was just lacklustre, but this episode is, uh, sorry, very much that. So hopefully you enjoyed our stupid little ramblings. But it's our show. It's our show. At the end of the day. Say always get what you want. Incidentally, it's been lovely being joined by all of you at home as well. And we give you air from our lungs. (coughs) Sorry, the Atmos got in the way. (coughs) (coughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye. 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 Now. Bye. Bye. I think my phone's broken. I need to make an appointment. I've got to uh, CO2. Thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.